Welcome back, guys. Um, welcome to the land of just technical difficulties. And realistically, what that means is I just don't know how to use technology. And it's real. I apologize to my fellow millennials because I constantly and consistently let you all down in that area. Hopefully not the others, but I also don't know what the other areas are. But anyway, welcome to another episode of Reluctantly Graceful, the podcast. We're here talking about Christians in health. And so that's what that's what we're talking about. So Steph is going to kick us off with this conversation because although we both are passionate about this, it was her initial passion that led it to be a topic because it was never initially a topic that we had when we started charting out what we were going to talk about. And so she had a conversation with someone that just kind of lit a match in her. And so here we go. We're going to talk about things. Wow. Tell them all the things. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, but also like... We don't really chart out that much. We chart out like two or three episodes. That's we true. have a list of things we want to talk about, but like, you know, it's fine. Woo-woo. Shout out to Crystal, Crystal, my friend who had the conversation with me about this. She was the one who actually suggested that we have a podcast about it. Is Crystal so. a listener? This episode, <gasps> yay, Crystal! She is. This episode is brought to you. By Crystal, missionary whoop, to El Salvador. Whoop. The missionaries. He said whoop. <laughs> the missionaries. <laughs> okay. So basically, we were having this conversation about like her being on the mission field and going to the doctors. And her doctor basically telling her that a lot of the missionaries on the field gain like a significant amount of weight in the time that they're there for language training this is eight months they go for a language school learn how to speak spanish you know that type of thing we had this conversation right after i watched a documentary on sugar and i think i texted you after i watched it and i was like yo this makes me want to never eat sugar again in my life i remember you telling me about that like we all know we all know I can't do that cold. Turkey. Are you working towards that as a goal though? <laughs> okay. I don't think so. I I just like sh- like there's things that have sugar in it that there's not a replacement for. But I think if I can get to the point where most of my life mm. is sugar free, I'll be happy. Random fun fact, I can't do any artificial sweeteners and so sugar is the only way for me to go. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not at a place in life for that. That's not. (laughs) See, exactly. You think about sugar, everything has sugar in it. Like peanut butter balls. I love peanut butter. Even peanut butter has sugar in it. There are some things, though, that just naturally have sugar in them. Are you saying you're just not going to eat the things that naturally, or you're looking at like additional sugar? Like fruits. No, just like additional. Like if I'm buying a spice for my spice cabinet because you know i'm one of the few white people that has a spice cabinet that is full of spices <laughs> i i can't I'm sorry. and i can't confirm I that as a statement because i well, am someone of culture and descent that has all the spices for no reason even if i don't need them i need to know they're there in case i want to experiment but but here so it's a thing on TikTok 2020, like 2020 happened. TikTok became a thing. 
And all of a sudden, all these people are like, yo, that girl is like seasoning her chicken with salt and pepper. Where'd she go put the seasoning in? It's oh, the whole thing yes, in the TikTok no. world. Salt and pepper is not of seasoning. Like, Everyone being like, yo, white people do not know how to season meat. I am the exception to that rule. Congratulations to being an exception. I have all Actually, the seasonings. now that I think about it, I would say, though, that it's not just all <laughs> white people. Um, there are a couple of relatives in my family who are not horrible cooks. I just, based off of the flavoring of how my mom has always cooked, it just doesn't, it doesn't come close. It's not even in the same street level of like, oh, okay, okay. I see what you tried to do there. It's, it's just a, I'm going to eat Wawa on my way home after whatever this family gathering is, but thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, there's that. But that, like, so anyways, a lot of okay. spices have sugar in them. Right. Because sugar is like a preservative. So it helps crap last longer, which, like... We're not living in World War II, the Great Depression. Mm. It's fine. We don't, realistically, we don't need sugar like that. We're not living in the Great Depression, Brittany. That's where all this I'm preservative not saying that crap we are. came from. I just, it's I'm, history. I just wasn't sure where you were going with that. That's why my face was like, I don't know what's happening. No, it's, it's the thought of we don't need, we don't need sugar in every single thing that we eat. But if you, like, if you were to start looking at like the ingredients list on just the random stuff that you use every day. Everything has sugar in it. Okay. It's crazy. So anyways, what, what our topic Christian and <laughs> tangent number one Listen, on whenever sugar. Whenever you go on a tangent, you know I love you on a good tangent and fired up. So I just was like, okay, to let you go. I enjoy that. <laughs> okay, but as a Christian, yes. We are called to be good stewards of yes. everything, correct? Be a good steward of our finances, be a good steward of our time, yes. be a good steward of our health. Like, scripture after scripture in the Bible. Like, you can Google what the Bible says about it's your body. Temple. And it's like, it's a temple. But I did, so I Googled it because, you know, I like to Google things. Tell us what the internets said. <laughs> it... In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it talks about how, like, your body is a temple. And, like, if it's as if anyone destroys God's temple, God oh. will destroy him. And I was like, man, Jesus is, like, God is so passionate about his temple being a holy place. So if our bodies are holy, then why are we feeding them crap? Like, why do we, why do we treat our body as if it doesn't matter? I, it's a valid question. Like, we talk, we use all these verses of, like, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and, you know, your body is a, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, like, all these things. But, like, the church of the world today, I'll say of America, because I guess I don't know the church of the world in this present day and age. But like the church of America kind of doesn't follow that when it comes to food. I can, I can support that. I agree with that. I think, so I saw something on Pinterest the other day 
I completely have jacked up my Pinterest algorithm. And so I'm trying to get it back on track. It's just not there yet. So I saw this girl, she had like this quote and like this really quick video where she was talking about how the generation before us was focused on wellness and working out to look a certain way. And since COVID, there has been a drastic trend and shift of people being in the gym because they want to physically feel well. And I thought that I was pretty interesting because when you think about it, that is true. Like most people, if they just don't like something about their body, they're just going to go to the gym and kind of fix it and hope that they can adjust it and tweak it and make it look different. But there is not an emphasis on, but Mm. what are you putting into your body? What are you doing? What are you eating? Are you eating healthy Are you eating consistently? Are you eating more so so that your body has fuel to to make itself work and operate and function at a peak level? Or are you eating because things are good? And not saying that eating things that taste good is wrong. I think there needs to be a healthy balance between the two. But if all you're doing is eating cheeseburger and pizza and fried foods and craziness all the time, and then you wonder why you're sick, well, sweetheart. Maybe eat some vegetables and drink some water. Stay hydrated. Yeah. And like, I think it it speaks to that even in the Bible of like, I'm trying to think what story, the dude that was a David. No, the Daniel fast. Like the Daniel fast comes from Daniel eating fruits. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. It's a morning. Guys, it is a Saturday morning right now. We are, we are struggling. I don't wait. I, I am a good steward <laughs> of my We're body. We're recording this. I believe in plenty of rest on the weekend because I can't do that during the week. And so me being up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, but God, but God. We're committed. <laughs> But because I would right back to sleep. <laughs> but but like if you think about it, the Daniel fast, like this the story and the scripture behind how the Daniel fast got started, like it shows that you are stronger when you eat healthy. That's true. No, no, no. You're, you're trying I'm, to remember the I'm story. Thinking through, Your eyes look like, wait a second. No, no, I don't no, understand what you're doing. That I'm trying to compare <laughs> what you're saying to how I live my life when I'm able to eat healthy, right? Like, it's no secret that I work the type okay. of, I have the type of job where, and I think I posted this meme on Instagram um, this past week where someone said, you like, my did. friends are upset that I don't text them back or call them back. But I'm also not eating either because of work. So don't be offended. Like, that's just a paraphrase. But it's a reality. So my job is very demanding that there are times where food is not always a forefront option and something that's able to happen at consistent times. But when it is able to happen consistently and I'm eating well and not just running to Chipotle and grabbing a burrito bowl or running to McDonald's or Wendy's, but when I'm able to Mm-hmm. feed my body what it needs to function well. I feel drastically different and I show up in spaces drastically different. I can always tell when yeah. it's been a chaotic week and I've just had to go, go, go and grab quick stuff here and there and my body starts to feel it. So then not only am I'm just working in this perpetual state of chaos, but then I'm not feeding my body anything that's helping that. And so then I just feel like I just want to not be here and be asleep for days and days and days on it. But it's a little more sustainable when I'm able to eat consistently and routinely and eat healthy. Yeah. 
I think, but I think that like there is this aspect and this fear sometimes of like, and I I'm seeing it now, even as like you know I'm on this this health journey of trying to become a healthier Amen. person and individual right? in all aspects. Um, but like, so I joined this fitness program thing. Um, it's like a Facebook group. It's like all inclusive. They do live workouts. They do meal planning, everything. Um, and it's it's a ton of workouts. Like you can watch eight lives a day. Um, they do like mental fitness type of things where they talk through the mental side of like not just being physically fit, but being mentally fit. So I'm doing that along with, you know, my normal devotional yeah. life and all that stuff. Um, but it's interesting to me now as I'm like, okay, I want to eat healthy as to how often church related things are centered around foods that are unhealthy. Like, and it's interesting, like when I'm like, I I'll go. And if I just get a water, people are like, yo, you okay? <laughs> like <laughs> I'm thirsty. You just go you're just going to get water, maybe like a small appetizer. Like, I mean, I've gone out to eat with someone for lunch after work. And instead of fries, I got my side as fresh veggies. And they were like, yo, what's wrong with you? Like, we're now living in this world. In that person's defense, of, a slight defense. I don't know who I mean, they I, are, so they probably don't need to be defended. But it's it's possible. So we're just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I always French fries. get I know. inside of we French, love fries. French fries. It doesn't matter where I am at or what I am eating. I need to know that there's a side of French fries. So oh, I, I have know. a great salad. Or, and, or I, I am can eat something that. that French fries don't go with. I think we have a fries. Oh no, I know because I'm pretty sure we've gone to like an IHOP or something and you've gotten pancakes I mean, with the you side do of French home fries. fries with pancakes typically, but sometimes I just need to know that I can just have French fries. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so and that person's like defense, but like just like that, it's people are very shocked by someone trying to eat healthy, and then it's like it puts off this vibe that they're like. Oh, you're just concerned about the way no. you look and like the vanity side of it where it's like, no, actually, like I have gastrointestinal issues and I my stomach likes me a lot better <laughs> when I you eat know, veggies instead of greasy food. It's interesting, and I am learning it's interesting that. that you say that. I've always been a moderately healthy person in terms of what I eat, right? You would never know that because my body is always sending me mm -hmm. to the emergency room. Although it hasn't done that for a very long time, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. But for a while, for two years, it was a consistent, almost every month, and then it got to the point where it was every couple of weeks. But I tended to, to although my water intake was always horrible, like I just always struggled to drink water consistently, I would have these phases where I would do really, really well, and then I would have a migraine, or something and not be able to take a migraine relief. And so I would just grab a Dr. Pepper or Mountain Dew that just had significant amount to be able to help with the migraine relief I was taking. And then I would be fine. And then I would just be right back off just to drinking like juices and all of those crazy things. But it is interesting about how after my transplant, obviously like there was a significant amount of time after my surgery like where I just couldn't eat. But I also just really wasn't hungry either because I just I had had a major 
surgery, right? And so like I'm still connected to tubes and all these things. But as I slowly started to be able to eat food again, it was interesting the things that I no longer wanted to eat. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want to ever have to be in this spot again. Although how I ended up at the spot that I ended up in had nothing to do with how I treated my body or didn't treat my body. But it's, it's just intentional. And so I'm very, very more so aware of what I put into my body than I ever was before. And sometimes I do cringe when people say, I'm going to do this. I'm like, ah, I, would, I, w- I don't want you to do that. And not because of how they look. <laughs> I could care less how you look, right? Like it's not me trying to manipulate or control or to say like you need to – you look bad because you're doing that. But I cringe because – Not everybody has the type of experiences that I've had to say like, but that kind of really does matter. And so just because I care about you as a person and your overall well-being, I would like for you just to treat yourself a little kinder. You only get one of you and I want you to treat you well. And I think that's the difference is I think that sometimes people get stuck in these health things for Mm -hmm. unhealthy emotional reasons. Whether it's trauma that they don't want to deal with from the past or what, you know, it's like, but not everybody has that reason. Some people just want to be able to run around with their kids and not get tired. So they want to eat healthy so that they're there for their kids, you know, like there's, there's certain things that you can only do when you're healthy. If God calls you to go up to the 1040 window and climb a mountain and go talk to this remote people in this remote village somewhere and you weigh 400 pounds you're gonna be like jesus i pass (laughs) i send somebody else lord i can't do that that's like a very dramatic i know but this is where my brain goes it's like if god calls you to do something and you physically can't do it because you did not take care of your body in a way that honors him. I have never, it's never, I don't think that that was dramatic. Mm. I've never thought about it in the sense of how you treat your body is the determining factor in some cases as to, in some things, as to your ability to be able to fulfill the call that God has for you. Because there are some some things that God's going to call people to that require to be a more healthy and a more, you need to be it's like a more robust call where you just are going to be more involved and more active and you have to be very Mm -hmm. intentional about that. That never crossed my mind as that's also an additional component in a piece of just being able, it is, no. Really? It never has. Surprising. (laughs) It probably should have. It it never has. (laughs) But that is in part though, I think just because of my view on it and my take on it from like my own personal experience my call in life has not been something that requires me to be physically fit. That doesn't mean that I don't obtain to be physically fit, right? Like there was this time for up until COVID for like four years or three or four years where I was like running races. Like I got into running and going to the gym consistently. And so there was that component where you did, you did. I just had this desire one day. I was like, I think I want to do this. And I did. And then it turned out to be this beautiful love hate relationship. And then COVID happened. And then I got really sick. And then that, and and now we're just trying to get back into consistency and what that looks like. I wonder if at some point in time, people get to a place and realize that they aren't at a place that they want to be 
And then they just settle for being there because they don't want to acknowledge that they lack the discipline to get there. Because I think at the end of the day, some of it is mostly a discipline issue. I don't think it's a matter of people, like we have oh, to be disciplined enough to be okay with missing out on some of the things that happen that we wouldn't necessarily be able to participate in or be invited to because we are living our life the way that God has called us to do. But we're not disciplined enough to put in the intentionality to be okay with missing out with those things, but also then to cultivate a community on the flip side that allows us to feel like we belong based off of the choices that we're making. But also like the the lack of discipline yeah. of consistently getting up and doing something consistently. Like for me, I I can honestly say like in a huge transparent moment right now, like I lack discipline in some areas. It is hard, but I've slowly started to say, okay, like what is it that I need to do to develop that di- discipline? What is it that I'm missing? And how do I get myself to be more aligned with that? And so for me, every Sunday, I'm scheduling meal prep and I'm going to the grocery store. Although I don't hate the grocery store as much as I used to, but like going to the grocery store and then meal prepping on Sunday so that I'm more disciplined to take my lunch and now my dinner. Shout out to an amazing nutritionist with a thought process that just never crossed my mind with me as I'm going throughout the day so that I can be intentional about not being so quick to running to fast food if I'm hungry or in the middle of a situation, I have my food currently with me. So I think sometimes it is just a lack of discipline to saying like, I need to do better. So how do I establish and set up consistency and accountability as I'm moving towards this pursuit? But I also think that Mm-hmm. There has been this large, so I, social media has its benefit and it also is very destructive. I don't think that we were ever meant to know that all of these people in the world think, feel, move, and act in certain ways at any given time that, we, that we're able to. Like, I think it's helpful to reconnect and stay in touch with people who you don't have the opportunity to stay in touch with because of distance, because for a variety of different things, family moves and you want to still keep them updated. But I don't need to know what somebody in Bangladesh is doing on a Saturday because it shows up on my feed as like, a, hey, they're doing something fun and you were thinking about doing something fun. And so here this is, right? Like, I don't think that happens. Like that's supposed to happen. So like there has come this point where people say, I can't want to be intentional about taking care of my body because it might look as though I'm not happy or content or satisfied with where I'm at in life. And you can be totally satisfied with where you're at in life and what you look like and all of those things, but say, but I can do better in this area. And so I want to do better. Not connected to, I want it to look a certain way or yeah. I want to look a certain way, but like, I want to do better because no, I need it's to improve just in this improvement. area. But I yeah. love me, but I'm going to love me even more because I can tweak some things and adjust some things about how I'm eating, what I'm eating and that consistency and that discipline. I think there's just this huge, this huge, like, mentality or that your love your love isn't dependent on what you look like or how you feel you look like so you should love yourself no matter what that is it's not like i'm gonna love myself more it's like i'm gonna discover who i am i'm gonna figure out a new part of me that i may love and also just figure out like there's just there's this there's i have a love-hate relationship with running Specifically because I know that otherwise, unless I am training for a race, the likelihood of me intentionally working out is dwindling. Um, because I'm just like, eh, whatever. 
So I need to have, like for me, I need to have a goal that I'm pushing to so that I can be consistent and stay disciplined with it. I also hate running. It is not fun for me, but I like getting to the end of like pushing my body to saying like, my body's like, oh, you got to stop. And I think as a society, we have in a culture, like we've gotten to a place of when something is uncomfortable, we stop. And no, uncomfortable means push further because there's something beyond that. In some situations, not in all situations. In some situations though. And so I hate running, but I know that if I continue to push my body to be, to operate the way that I know it is capable to operate, then when I get to the side, I'm like, man, we did that. But that's the thing is like working out isn't just for your body. I think it's for your brain as well. Because when, after you work out there, most people will tell you they feel great after and it's it's scientifically proven that like endorphins are released yes when you work out so like if you think about it like that then what we feed our body physically what we do with our body physically it affects so much mm-hmm. more than just our physical body it affects our mental it affects our emotional like if you don't sleep for 3 days you I don't know about everyone else. If I don't sleep for three days, I'm an emotional mess. Don't talk to me. Like, if I don't sleep for three days, please don't talk to me. Because you're going to get your feelings hurt, and I'm not going to remember once I'm rested. So, like, taking care of our body kind of, like, sets up our health in all the other areas as well. It sets up our mental health. It sets up our emotional health. The thought process of... It's a thing as to why, like... When you go to the doctor and they have a conversation about depression, one of the first pieces of advice they give you is, well, do you work out consistently? Because that's like the easiest way to get out of your funk. You're releasing endorphins and all you need is that self-discipline that you talked about before to go and you're going to automatically feel yes, I was going to say after. it doesn't mean though we're because not sitting here saying that if you're depressed that the issue is because you don't work no, out like do that no cuz I dealt with depression <clears throat> but also like right like it's go some, for a there walk. are times go for a walk like we both yes. we have both dealt with depression like one in i think it's like a one in six christians have been diagnosed with depression but also, I'm going to Google this right now. Percentage of Christians. Oh, gosh. Audience. Okay. Let's While you're looking that. that up, I will say I strongly <laughs> felt there, there was a time in my life where I was in a very, very bad place emotionally, like a very bad place emotionally. I was like reaching out for help and the help was not readily given because there was this thought process of as Christians, you just need to pray more if you're feeling depressed and down and out and discouraged, or you should do this, that, and a third. You can be in your word consistently and still be depressed. It does not mean that there is anything wrong with your relationship with God. It does not mean that you need to pray harder or pray more frequently and harder. It Sometimes life is just hard. And we know that God is going to take care of us, provide for us, protect us, and cover us in the process. But it can also just be hard in the process while you're working through that. And it is okay to get help. I went to my therapist and said, I think I'm depressed. And she said, yes, welcome. I'm glad you just figured that out. Oh, okay. I didn't know what the people knew. 
You know, so like sometimes it's it's okay to figure that out and to work through that. Sorry, your face is really big. So I know that the statistics that you found on the internets are wild. Yes. One third of Christian pastors <laughs> are obese. One in three. <laughs> One in three. And I mean, yo, done potlucks. This, oh Can my we just God, stop doing potlucks for the simple fact that we just continuously keep seeing videos on Instagram of people cooking in their kitchens and that their kitchens are, one, not clean, or two, they just got pets roaming around? Like, They no. got, like, pet cats walking on top Everybody of the Everybody just contribute the to a fund and just have the event catered. Can we just do that? Because if nothing else, we at least know that animals are not allowed in restaurants back in the kitchens. And if they are, that's a whole different concerning issue. Okay, but can we talk about how how the big thing in the church is like why, a potluck? I will say that, like, in this day and age, I was, my parents' church, like, they do picnics. They call them picnics now. My church here still calls it, they call it a picnic. You know, it's a potluck. You're just going outside. You just go into the park and everyone's but bringing also, a dish to pass. We're going outside. It's but hot. Like, it's muggy. Like, so now we're just going to be stinky and eating things that aren't good for us. But I mean, listen, whatever works for y'all, man, be happy. But that's like, but that's the idea of the church. Like, I think that the church's idea of community well, is always centered around food. The Bible does say break bread. So I can see how we it got It does. That. But also, it says Jesus is the bread of life. So does that mean you need to talk about I just like, said that the Bible does say break bread with one another because that's just what, you know, we don't always read. I get that. But do you think that that's more, okay, but do you think that's more of a break bread statement or do you think that's more of like a, hey, you eat daily, so get together with Christians daily? I think it can comments. be both. I do. I do. I can I tell by your face both. as I was I talking. I think that there is, there is, and if you think about it, right, this is. <laughs> I I mean, I believe that it could be both too. I'm not saying no. that we should never eat with one another. I'm just saying that why does every church activity no, I think that that's a valid deal question. with food? I, I am not. We We have to make sure. We have to make sure that someone has a snack schedule for groups or no one's going to show up for group because there's not a snack. I would just like to say. Like, we have to feed these volunteers because it end, this, you know, at- this volunteer event ends at noon and they're going to want lunch. They're going to want lunch. So we got to feed the people. <laughs> Everything the church does in this day and age is literally focused on food and because cheap food is mostly unhealthy food (laughs) let's just make people more obese more unhealthy more depressed there's just a couple of things oh gosh you're still going but we're gonna gonna say jesus (laughs) look i'll let you go on for like 10 minutes okay i can say something nope we're not done yet okay never mind i'm about my business (laughs) no you're good god this I just, you know, I, I'm that person <laughs> that like, ah, uh, I, I love the church. I do. I promise. But like, the church needs an overhaul. That's all. Go ahead. I'm scared talk. to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm gonna drink yeah, some like water. Like I said, I just so love when stuff is all fired up about something. <laughs> Normally, though, she's not. She hasn't been this fired up about something in a long time. Um, so she's she's serious about it. A couple of things, though, that I was thinking about, like as you were saying, a couple of different things. Right, one. I, there is something sacred about someone welcoming you into their home and feeding you and doing it because they genuinely want to do it. I think that there's something sacred about that. Now, I don't think that that's wrong. And I'm not saying that people who want to invite people over and say, like, let's break bread together. Let's have a meal. Like, there's something sacred about that exchange when it happens that I think people feel at home and feel like they belong when they know that someone is is allowing them to sit at their table. And then in, at church community events, it's just a larger table because it's more people. And so I think that that's just a way for people to feel that they belong and they connect it. Do I think that that always makes sense? No, I don't. I think sometimes people's personality should be dazzling enough to make somebody feel welcome. Like that's just the reality of it. But I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just don't understand why it always has to be Well, I don't think that necessarily... Season. Have you ever been to a potluck yes. where someone showed up with vegetables? I'm serious. Yes. Stop it. Every every church potluck, picnic, whatever we want to call it, I've been to is like oh. half desserts and the other half like no. fried chicken, like macaroni and cheese. So who eats fried chicken at like, a picnic? All I mean, the that's carbs. Okay. That's different. That's people's business. Right. Girl, I'm, I'm just I'm wondering, like, if we're doing a pic. <laughs> Everybody right. always and eats fried picnic, chicken. Right. Outdoors, in the heat. We, yeah. we should be doing, like, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken on the grill, and then people bring sides. At least, growing up, that is how we've always done potlucks. During the summer, in the church, when they happened, and they were at the <laughs> parks, there were always, like, the main three parks that we would go to, and we would rotate. We'd have one, like, at the beginning of the summer. We'd have one at the end of the summer. There would always be your meats, your hamburgers, your hot dogs, your grilled chicken, your sausages, all that stuff on the grill, and then everybody else would sign up to take a side. But there would always be, although there would always be, like, your dessert table, right? There would always be salads, whether it be a pasta salad, a potato salad, a fresh salad, a fruit salad. Like, it was... There were there was always a balance to it. Now, I'm not running around an amusement park or a park as a child and coming down and sitting down and saying, Dad, I would like to have the fruits and vegetables. I'm looking at my dad saying, hey, so all of this looks delicious, but can I just have a hot dog? And then when are you going to feed me when I get home? Because I just have always been that person that there are just very few people whose food that I would eat it has nothing to do with them not being good cooks. It, I have just always been that way. So I'm like, I'll grab a hot dog, but I'm going to stand here and watch you make that hot dog. And when that's done, I'm going to pop over to my and Cynthia and Uncle Glenn's table, and I'm going to grab whatever they have on their table, and then I'm just go back out and playing. But when we leave here, sir, I need to be fed when I get home because I'm going to be hungry because I'm running around. But there's always, there's always a balance. At the ones that I've been to, there have always been a balance. The wintertime is when it gets a little dicey because then you know you got your... You got your soups, your chowders, your mac and cheese, you know, your more carb heavy things. But there's always some greens. There's always the string beans. There's always the veggies. Nope. Never veggies hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. There was always the veggies and salads. Okay. Okay. So there would, every once in a while there would be salads, but like, can we just agree that like the church overall could focus on oh, I agree. Hands physical down. health Hands down, I agree. a little more. 
we will spend all this time preaching from the pulpit, talking about honoring your body and using those scripture verses of your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit for singles to not have sex outside of marriage, to not become a drunk and fill your body with alcohol, not to do drugs, like all these things of treat your body well. We don't want you to do this because we want you to treat your body well. But when it comes to food, they're like, hey, y'all, free pizza out in the lobby. I wonder. Like, why Why is food the one thing I that though, we overlook? I wonder, though, if in some capacity and in some way, it is just a factor of us being incredibly overscheduled, right? Like, if it is, there is food that it tends to be unhealthy at these large events because it is quicker and it is easier because we are pushing people to the limits of, we just need to make sure that we have something quick and easy. And we're not going to expect people in some capacities to cook something while we're also demanding a significant amount of their time. However, the whole point of breaking bread is to fellowship with one another and to sit down and have a conversation. If we're pushing people to their max capability with their time and we just want them to shove their face and go so they have a little bit of fuel for the next hour or two then then we're not doing what god is i agree i also would just like to point this out here because i'm incredibly petty and i can't allow this episode to happen i can feel perfectly fine in established community while eating chick-fil-a with somebody like like oh you got that sauce i haven't tried that sauce before ain't no but no like see and that's if you're sitting down but many times at these like these larger events like you're talking about it's, all right, go get food quickly and then come back to serve. So people aren't going to sit down and have a conversation. They're like going, grabbing a pizza and walking Maybe? as they eat. There's no there's no fellowship happening. There's no conversation Maybe dialogue Maybe we just figured happening. out why black churches is always going forever long for everything. Because let me tell you, there is no way that there is going to be a service and a brief intermission or a conference or anything and... Old school black church. I can't speak about modern day black church, right? Like, because COVID's and stuff. But old school black church where there is like a, yeah, a blame meeting. Blame that on COVID. Shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't help the fact. I can't help the fact She's that done. the three churches you that know, I really love just happen to not be close enough to me that I could just drive too frequently, right? Like, I can't help that. But anyway, so, but like, if it's always been like, We'll have three and that's hours. COVID's it is fault. COVID's fault. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's multi-layered and multifaceted. Anyway, but like, there's at least two to three hours where everybody is sitting down. I, there has never been a time where after church, if there was like a meal provided and then like a meeting a couple of hours later, that people were like eating and walking to get to the thing. It was like, all right, we're shutting the church down. Go sit with your families, go sit with your community groups, go sit with these groups of people. We did clusters for a while, which I might have to ask my dad about why we did, like what the meaning behind clusters. But it was like, go sit with your cluster and you guys. That sounds like a, a small group, basically. It is, but just like, another word it for just small word, group. It sounds, sounds very like. cultish. But anyway, he's like, go sit with your cluster of people and your clusters and y'all would just decide amongst each other who was bringing <laughs> what and you guys would eat with your cluster and you would just be able to sit down and just like talk for some time and then at a certain time they would make an announcement and be like, all right, it's been like two hours. Find your children. Make sure they're not doing inappropriate things around this church and make sure everybody ate. Let's clean up. Let's tear down and let's go back to it. So it was never this sense of like rush, rush, rush. But 
I can see there have been situations where I have seen it be more of a rushed environment. But even then, it was just a matter of somebody just didn't plan appropriately. We're going to start service again when we start service again. And that's when after everybody's eaten. That's interesting. I, I, okay. I genuinely, though, have never huh. experienced there being like that. You not having time to like sit and actually fellowship and eat the unhealthy foods that you may be consuming before you go back right back in. Okay, so going back to like the church idea of because this so Crystal and I when we had we had this conversation about um, like church planting and stuff like that. Like we're called to make disciples, but so many times people just go and plant a church and they're like, we're gonna build a building. We're going to build a church building. Um, So we had the conversation of if more churches were to have small groups that focused on physical health, a walking group, a hiking group, a Zumba class, Mm -hmm. like that type of stuff. And there's actually churches that still won't allow exercise classes in their church because dancing is a sin. And Zumba is dancing. So even if it's a female-only class and it's exercise and it's set to Christian music, it's not allowed because it's considered dancing. Can we just table this for another episode? Like, when did that's when did dancing that's become what a we're, like, like? That's the part. I'm no, that about that. David danced until he was booty Yo, naked. And maybe that's why people always, don't want to have want people to be dancing until they naked. Dancing always benison. Dancing just, always so benison. It's one of those like dancing was a sin when going to the movies was a maybe sin. Maybe it was David. Like that time for, it's just some churches. Because he danced until his clothes fell off. I just so it was David's fault. I think no, like I don't know. I just I think that most churches have gotten out of that. But like there are still plenty of churches who are stuck in that mindset of, no, like we only get together and we only open the just, Bible. Just out of curiosity. The scriptures. But like, is that yeah. how you spend your entire life? Like, how do you, like, what would it be like if instead of planting <laughs> a church? Sorry, I'm laughing because I remember you texting me this. Like a church. What you're going to say next? And I looked at my text message and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what she's doing right now. Her life and her mind is just wild. But also, there's nothing wrong with this thought process. But man, okay. For real. Okay. So what if instead of the church planning churches and like church buildings, normal Sunday service, what if the church funded to open a community gym instead of a church building? If we're called to have relationships with non-Christians, if we're called to store our bodies well, why would that not be a thing? Why would we instead? So side note, I recently went to a church who was giving out free groceries. We -hmm. also had this discussion. (laughs) The groceries, I'm forever thankful for churches that do this. I understand some people need food and they don't have the choice healthy versus non-healthy. But why is it that in America, and I'm sure it's probably like this in other countries too when Americans send food, why is it that we send non-perishable items 
that are typically on the non-healthy side, that are on the sugary side, that are high carbs, all these things, when we really should be handing out vegetables and fruits. Why do kids need 500 bags of chips and Twinkies and cupcakes? Should we not be giving them something that actually fuels their body and makes them feel better? It's almost like feeding poison to the people you're trying okay, to save. Um, a couple of just quick things. Just a couple of quick things. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face going and I was, I was like, like, she okay, ain't going to like this lot. last statement. I, don't, I, just, I think that there's, there's this savior complex that the church has adopted of we want to help you, but in terms we're actually going to harm you because we're not giving so, you the proper nutrition okay, that let's, you need. Let's, we're going to dissect each one of those parts really quick. Okay, so, sorry. My brain is still processing everything that you said. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think that there is a better way to serve those who are in poverty than what it is that we are currently doing. 100% hands down. I think there, is, there are better food options that we can do um, that also help that. I think if we were to serve people who are in poverty consistently and on a regular basis, then we wouldn't need to do the mass quantities of the non-perishable unhealthy foods. But because it only happens at certain times of the year, which I think is very odd because poverty exists all year. Okay. And so all, all people year. and people deserve to have food all year, not just right. Not just so there on Thanksgiving is, and Christmas. Every you day. deserve food as a general need. There is every day, I'm sure that it does serve and help those who find themselves in situational poverty where something catastrophic could have happened in their family. They're buried by medical debt or a variety of different things where that does make sense, right? But if we look at it on a day-to-day basis, you're probably just doing these things that coincide with an opportunity or time for the church to do that, which is totally fine, because you can only serve based off of what you have the ability to do at the time. So I'm not disputing that. But my mindset, my mentality goes to, if that's happening, it makes sense for it to be non-perishable because that family may not need it in that moment. They might say, we are good for this week. We're potentially good for the next two weeks, but things are going to get a little dicey. I'm forecasting some things, and so I'm going to need it. And so in some capacity, it does make sense for there to be the non-perishable things. Now, should there be healthier versions of the non-perishables? Yes, it should be. But there is also this, this mental health component that does follow people who are in poverty, right? Like mental health is not just those who have enough to live their life, that they all of a sudden start to experience these crises, right? Everybody across all economic statuses experience yeah. it. But there is this mentality and this thought process that I happen to actually not disagree with, that kids should never in some capacity know that their family does not have. Because then that causes them to grow up significantly faster and to be aware of things that as children, they should not have to be aware of. And so if Every kid in the school lunchbox is taking cupcakes or Twinkies or this, that, and the third. I don't think there's anything wrong with them also being able to have the same things to take to the lunch because that, that establishes some sort of normalcy in their life where there potentially isn't. But should that be a majority of what it is the church is giving out to them? No, it should not be the majority of it. 
That goes into a whole nother conversation, though, of how the church should handle poverty. We may have to do an episode on that because I also agree that with the church as much does not land as churches in have, the, in, can we not if build we some were farms? To do, if we were okay, so it's funny that you say that because you know the church that I have recently <laughs> attended <laughs> built a community garden. Outside of what my old apartment complexes, also you know, the low income side of town. Bravo! Yeah, I, mean, I I appreciate that. It's a community garden. They went and they planted. They got people going like once a month to like care for it, just to keep it going and make sure everything's growing the way it should, so that they can replace stuff if needed. But it's open for the community to and, go and, and take. And that's food the thing. That, what, why Why is it? I mean, I, and I agree with you. I think, yes, there are things that we could do that are different in terms of planning churches. Why not opening community centers that also provide and support the needs of those in that community? We're going to we're going to buy we're going to spend a four million dollars on a state of the art. Y'all better go find some church. land. But yet there's. Homeless people because there's not and enough space in the homeless shelter. And just do because I think that I think that there are ways that it can be done differently. I'm not going to disagree with you and say that, but I also think there are certain things 100%. that people who are experiencing poverty need to have for peace of mind to know that there is a way to get out of it. And so sometimes it's just knowing that even if it is not the healthiest foods, even if it's things that you just would prefer not to feed your children or to have to have in your cabinets, to know that there's food in your cabinets provides a certain level of comfort while you continue to work through whatever it else is that you're working through. On one hand, do I think that it could be better? Sure, I do think that the, the um, non-perishable foods could be better. But I think that the idea and the intent behind it has purpose and intentionality. I'm not arguing that part. I just think that as a church, we need to focus more on health overall like we are a lot of times we are so focused hyper focused on one thing that you forget I all agree. the other aspects I agree. of life it, it's the one like, it's the one it's at just times visual sin that we accept and are okay with now and i'm not saying that anybody who is heavy set or plus size um, is like that, that you're a sin because of that. Cause some people are just big people and that's okay. And listen, I love me a nice, solid Husky man. I'm just saying, right. I just, I do. I think there's a sin involved in that, but I mean, that's just, that's me. Jesus could say otherwise, whatever. But I think that's, that goes back to the physical side of it where it's not so much what you look like, but, but how I you agree. feed yourself. I am considered wow. morbidly obese, Brittany. People look at me and they're like, there's no way you're even considered obese. And I'm like, nah. According to the charts and the doctors, I am morbidly obese. I also just obese. think that there are just different... But let's not look at the fact that I Can work just out just almost that every day. Words that we could use to describe somebody's body type than the words morbidly. When I hear morbidly, I think somebody like I think like CSI <laughs> nights to be showing up. Yeah, no, you're gonna die because you're so freaking right? big. But I so I think that there, I think it is just the one thing that at times the church is uncomfortable with because you don't know potentially somebody has a thyroid disease. You don't know if there are things that are contributing 
But then you also don't want to discredit the fact that like, oh, maybe they do eat healthy and they're just things that I just am not aware of. Or also maybe y'all as a church can just do things. But you're not calling them out. Being fat isn't a sin. You're not calling anyone out on being fat. You're saying, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. It just happens to be a healthy thing. You want to come with me? Like, there's, it's like a person who, you know, if you know that you use food as a way to cope. Yes. That is a sin. You should be going to Jesus and not going to the ice cream bowl. And I say that because I love my ice cream. Oddly specific, but okay. So, yes, (laughs) there are some churches. But I think there's a way to call that out without it being focused on what you look like. That do have like connect groups, community groups, small groups, whatever you want to call them, that are focused around fitness in a healthy way. That church in Maryland that I love. Oh my goodness. They have like Peloton small groups. They have hiking. They have like, they have like, they're oh, doing yeah, no, it I saw. up until then. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say up until then, but that's the most time in recent times where I've looked at something and said, well, y'all just out here just encouraging people of all interest to get involved and just to build community around that. But I also, well, that, I also went to a church growing up where be. there was Thai bow class that happened like two to three times a week in the church building. Tybo. Like, shout out to Billy Banks, right? Tybo. Like, I think that was his name. <laughs> like, but there was. <laughs> so, like, VHS. my church has always been that. I've also just never, this idea that dancing in a church is a sin continues to still blow my mind because I forget that it exists. Because I grew up in a church where every New Year's Eve, it would be a billion hour long service that would start at like 7 p.m. And you it would all be dancing. In the morning, and it would start with like, we're going to have a meal. And then we're just going to like do social hour where like everybody would just come and they would just eat and you would just get to talk for hours. That's and then, a black And like 1030, the pastor would be like, all right, come on, y'all. We about to, we about to give, I'm about to give a word. Really? We only been here for four hours already, but now we're going to do a word. And then it was just like praise <laughs> and worship that would just go forever. And then that somebody would always stop praise and worship at like 1158 and we would count down to the new year. And then it would just be like more spontaneous praise and worship yep. that would happen. And it'd be like two o'clock before I would get home. I'd be like, all right, mom, dad, I'm not seeing y'all for a couple of days. I'm tired. That's a hundred percent. So a black to, hear, to hear that that's not don't happening do that. is foreign to me. I'm, I'm just be honest. I, that's foreign to me. That is foreign to me. Like, Mm-mm. Yo, shout out to my old church when I grew up. I do miss, there are aspects of it that I do miss and love. See, I do think that like the the white churches that do New Year's Eve bashes types of things is because they're they're doing it as a way of creating an environment where people can hang out and be with one another and have Listen. fun without there being alcohol involved. I can't confirm. Because we all know that's what the world is like. No, you can't confirm no, no, there no, wasn't no. alcohol I can't at confirm. the church. No, right? no, no. I cannot 100% confirm and attest to the fact that there was no alcohol that was consumed at that church. I cannot confirm nor deny that some of our of-age congregation members would also then go out and have a drink afterwards. I can't confirm nor deny that. Right? Like, I don't... Of y'all course. live y'all lives. But I, like... But that's the thing is, like, our churches growing up did that with Halloween. We don't want you going out on the street to celebrate Halloween. So we're going to have a harvest festival on the same night as Halloween. And you can dress up like a Bible character and we'll give you candy in the church. Um, 
uh, one of my team members sent me this email because <laughs> um, they were he's involved in this volunteer opportunity and wanted to know if <laughs> I know I see it and wanted to know if um, they could participate in a tr- take some students to participate in a trunk or treat experience at like an old folks home or whatever. I had a lot of questions. I was confused because I was like, yep. the old folks want to participate in trunk or treat or the old folks are doing this for community. Like it was just a lot of questions, but I never resp- I responded to his email and it was like this very nicely articulated, beautifully executed proposal, how it was going to work, what it was going to like, everything. And I responded to his email with one sentence and I said, we can talk about this in person. And they just put my little signature in it. So then I stopped by his, his building um, later, like a couple days later. And I said, I'm not the one to answer that question because I think this idea, like I've never celebrated Halloween. There were never alternatives for me growing up. I also think trunk or treat is the worst idea because it's giving a predator an opportunity to steal a child mm-hmm. and nobody will know because people are dressed as different. Like it's just a disaster in my mind. It is a disaster waiting to happen. I said, but go ahead and ask my director. So he did ask my director. My director's like, why can't you? I, I just can't. I can't get behind the idea. I didn't. And maybe that's just one of the, the differences. I'm not going to say that there were no black churches that did like harvest festivals. But I will say that my parents were just like, we don't do Halloween. And so suck it up and deal with it. And there was a time where like for a little bit, I think a few times they tried to do some alternatives of like, all right, well, like, we don't want you to feel like you're not doing anything or not having fun. But then after a very long time, they were just like, we just don't do it because that's not what we believe in. Deal with it. If you want to buy candy, buy candy anywhere from June or January 1st to December 31st. It's not just an October thing. So like this idea... I struggle, and I will be the first person to say, like, I struggle strongly with this idea of I'm not going to do this for whatever reason, but I want to find a replacement for me being able to do this. No, if you're not doing it, stand strong in your conviction that you're not doing it and just don't do it. So this harvest fest or this, like, it just, it blows my mind. No, the, the idea of an alternative alone just blows my mind. Because we're then saying we want to be like the world. I don't. It seems stressful out there. In my in my brain, that's a mat like immediately where my brain goes to. If we're if we're giving an alternative to the church instead of going out and doing something the world does, are we not just following in the footsteps and faking trying to come up with an alternative? Y'all, who wants a freaking knockoff versus the real thing? I have the real same thing. question about vegans who say they want to eat vegan bacon. Just eat the bacon. You want the bacon, eat the bacon. <laughs> if you're choosing to be vegan because you recognize <laughs> that these things aren't good for you, then you just have to be disciplined enough to not have it because you believe that the benefits of not having it is far greater than having it. There is this whole, I'm creating this substitution, I think is where a lot of people get in trouble with it. Like, hands down, a lot of people get in trouble with it. Like, I don't drink. I've never been a drinker. I think I've had, I can remember maybe three drinks in my entire life that I've ever had, right? Like, I'm just not a drinker. It's never been a thing. And then, and by three drinks, I mean three sips of three separate drinks in the course of my adulthood. Like, let's just be real. Like, three sips, like, I don't like that. I don't like that, right? And then now I've had a... No, but people always give you wine, and I will gladly take the wine from you when they get. (laughs) So, if anyone wants to give Brittany wine, just know that I will probably be the one that ends up drinking. I had a trans, a liver transplant. I still can't drink, y'all. Like I, I still can't do it. 
But someone said to me last year, they were or like at the end of the school year, somebody that I work with, they were like, well, you can't drink. And I'm like, no, I can't drink. They're like, well, I'll get like, you, what about mocktails? I am totally fine with not being able to experience this. I don't need to replace it with anything. Like, I don't feel as though I'm missing out. I don't feel as though there is something that is just off because I can't engage in this. I am totally fine with not, and I'm okay. And then the the statement that followed it was like, well, like, what do you do to unwind and relax? Things that don't involve me to eat food or to drink things. (laughs) Like, if I'm incredibly amped up or stressed... See, but that's coping. I agree. Like if is I'm stressed or overwhelmed, my first thought is not to have a drink. My first thought is not to eat something crazy. Although sometimes I just have a craving for, cravey, craving for crazy foods, right? But no. like my first thought is like, all right, like I'm just going to like design a sticker because that is a way for my mind to unwind and to process and to do things. And I just go ahead and do that. So there are ways that you can decompress that don't involve food, that don't involve drinking, that don't involve a lot of things that are just kind of like no harm, no foul to anybody. And it just also works your mind in a little bit. of So yeah, this idea of these substitution things, that's not, I can't do that. I could never be vegan because I love cheese. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, vegan cheese. No, no, no. What? If you were giving it up, just give it up. I can be pseudo vegetarian, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. And I love that life. I love the pseudo vegetarian life. I just, at some point, we have to realize that people are using these things as coping mechanisms. And it's not necessarily. Like, I I, I think I've told you, I'm doing uh, my devotional series right now. It's like a six-week study on idolatry. You did not tell me this. This sounds, and tell me more. Oh, yes. So every week, there's like an overall theme, and then there's like every day a specific thing. So, like, this past week's was, like, relationships. So, it did, like, a day on singleness, a day on marriage, a day on kids, that type of thing. And how people can, like, that can become idolatry if you focus on it too much. And so, one of the weeks focused more on, like, being healthy and one day was on food. And it was, like, if you're using food and you're to cope and food is how you worship... Like, that's an idol. Food is meant to fuel you, and that's it. You can celebrate with food, but every day is not a celebration. No matter, food's not going to make you righteous. It's not going to make you unrighteous. It's It should be neutral. You eat food to fuel you, but there's foods that you can be, right. like, celebratory with. Like, even in the, like, people drank wine for what to celebrate Jesus weddings. turn water into wine. Like there's Back there's the there's dead, nothing right? wrong with so like yes. there there's a time and a place, but it and it's the gotta be in the right it, right like, order of your life. The purpose behind it and the purpose behind it. I I realized that though it's interesting that you mentioned that. Like I've realized recently. Like obviously we've talked about like me saving money, putting money away, being intentional with it, and just doing a lot of different things that I currently don't do. But for me to get to that point of just being able to say, okay, like I'm going to do X, Y, and Z as it relates to my finances because I can manage them better. It came from this thought process of realizing Mm -hmm. like, okay, but why is it that I do randomly spend money for things that I don't specifically need? And like, when I think about it, like, do I want them? Yeah, I do want them. So then like, I had to start thinking about the process behind it, like the the intentional behind it. Like, am I doing this because I just want to be able to say that I have it? 
very rarely is that the case, right? Because I don't talk to enough people to be like, oh my gosh, I just bought this. Um, you don't care about those things when I tell you those things. You're just like, that was dumb. It is dumb, right? It's like, I don't, so I had to realize, like, I don't buy things to say, like, <laughs> that I have this thing, right? It's like, that is not the root behind it. But I realized that because of, there is so much about my work-life balance that is not balanced whatsoever, that if I see something and I'm like, I think that I want that, or I would like to have that, or I like what this looks like, or I think this will look great on me or whatever the situation is, that I'm like just instantly buying it because I know the the reality of me being able to go to a store and look at it and say like, oh yeah, like I like the Mm -hmm. idea of this, but I don't like it or the functionality. Where am I going to wear this? I'm never going to wear this. I don't have the opportunity to do that. And so when I see it, I'm like, okay, I buy it. So then in my mind, I've had to like start telling myself like, we're going to wait a whole week. And after a week, if we still want this thing, then we'll look at it. And I'm not talking about things that are expensive, like big expensive purchases. I do save for that. If I don't have cash to pay for it, like to directly deposit into my bank account to purchase it, then I'm just not purchasing, right? Like I don't do credit cards or any of that stuff. But just like these random things, like- We should talk finances. We should talk finances on our next Like just random things. Because we we go into but like, a whole other episode right now. When you think about it, though, it's, it does. It connects. It like, connects, So then though. I have no, to makes really sense. work through, like, what is the process and the reasoning behind it? And it really is just the fact of, like, one, I think COVID conditioned people that you can just order whatever it is because we weren't able to go into stores and we weren't able to go into the public to get things. And then just that compounded with yeah. the fact of, like, if I go to a store, this item may no longer be here. So if I think that I want it, I need to grab it right now. That is the most unhealthy and toxic mentality. I was like, yo, this is like when I realized it and sat with the thought process. See, I was like, yo, that's disastrous. I need to stop. I am too, I'm too lazy. I'll be like, I'm too lazy to go to the store. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I'll just order it online when I'm like five minutes. I'd I'd much rather like be in person. Or I got, I got two, two targets within five minutes and like, I have the options and it's close by, but I'd rather just click and go. All right, I have I'll see the you in accessibility because you know Amazon every once in a while. Yes, they send it the next day. Sometimes it don't even. I have take the accessibility to get to things because I'm close. They're close to me, proximity wise, distance wise. My schedule just doesn't allow. Like when I go to work on Mondays, I'm working until I'm at four o'clock on Friday, nonstop, twenty four seven, like just around the clock, um, and so. I've realized that. And so then I've had to like tell myself, if it really is that urgent and I need to have it in my house, then purchase it. If I need to have it in my wardrobe, because I know that I'm going to wear it within a week's time span, like I'm ordering it for a specific purpose, then do that. Yeah. Otherwise, no, that makes girl, you don't need it. And, but it took a while to like sit through that process and like think through it. And I think sometimes when it comes to like health and wellness, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to, to realizing like there are things that I'm doing that are not the best, that don't serve me well, that don't don't serve my community, my church, or my calling well. No one ever wants to sit through that process and think through it to acknowledge that there's something wrong with them that's causing them to do it. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? Like I'm helping the economy. So me buying stuff is not disastrous. But when I think about it, longevity, if God were to say, hey, go give two grand to this church or this person, would I be able to easily accessibly do that because I've been a good steward with my finances? On most days, yes. On some days, depending on mm-hmm. what the new line of 
purses that have been handed out? Probably not. Right. So I think that there's just, there's a thought process of being able to acknowledge that if I don't work through this and think through this process, then it's just not going to end well. And I think people need to do the same thing with food and a variety of different things. Like it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a bad Christian. It just means you just need to examine some things in your heart and figure it no. out. And then just figure it out and then move forward. I woke up this morning and I ate Oreos and peanut butter box. Okay. okay. We all are a work in progress. Ain't none of us there yet. But I can tell you that I'm actively fighting to be a healthier and person. The goal is not to strive for perfect. I don't know why I'm struggling with words today. Perfection. It is consistency. It's progress. I don't even think it's progress. I think it's consistency. I think it's, I think consistency. That's true. Yes. Progress. But I think it's just to be consistent. Like it's not to be perfect, but it's to be consistent. If I can say that six out of seven days a week, I eat a very well-balanced meal and I just have one meal or two meals on a day that I'm just not doing so great. We're doing well. It's going great. Success, yeah. right? Like that's success. It does not need to be a hundred percent. No misses the entire time. One of my doctors actually mentioned that to me a while ago and he was just like, okay, but like, are you eating healthy? Are you doing well? Like what's going on with your nutrition? I was like, I'm trying, man. It's hard out here. He said, that's true. He said, reframe how you think about it. And I said, okay, what's the, what is my thought process that is currently wrong? Like, where's the error in my thought process currently? And he said, your thought process is that it needs to happen 100% of the time, and it doesn't. It needs to happen consistently enough that you can see the benefit. So if that consistency is five days, great. Yeah. You've done a great job. If that consistency is six days, you have done a wonderful job. It does not have to be seven days all of your meals consistently for an extended period of time. You take it week by week. And if this week you did five meals that are healthier when before it would have been no, no healthy meals, success. Like you have to start rewarding yourself slowly. But I think it's, I think it's successful in that mindset because you see Absolutely. a piece of the reward. When you're consistent, you see the reward yes. and that makes you want it more. You know, like, I never feel good when I wake up early to work out. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I get up and do it. And afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so great. I'm Those ready 4.30 for my and the this 4 a.m. runs, 4.30 a.m. runs. We, we all know when I jump on that bike that I hate. I hate that. I hate biking. But you know what? I don't have another way to move my body in all of these long. But shout out to you for having a bike, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> So instead of just instead of just sitting mm -hmm. for all day in my office chair, I have this standing desk that I could stand up or I can put it all the way up and stick a bike underneath it because I stole the bike from Bernie. Still, but... I gave it to you because it was sitting in my garage. <laughs> you said shout out for you having a bike. No, but... <laughs> so I stole that bike from you. It's true, it was like, a genuine statement of so, like, that is true. I'm and I was going to tell you, like, <laughs> offline, like, because it sat in my garage for since 2020. Nobody ever used it. I didn't even buy it, but nobody ever used it. So I had to go someplace. That is be sitting right here. So, I mean, that's... me to look at it. So that when I get in these two-hour meetings that all I got to do Pedaling. is take notes in them, and I didn't got to talk in it, I get on my bike and I start moving my legs. Sometimes I go but fast, sometimes I go really key. slow. It don't matter. But it's the movement... It, and it helps take my brain off of, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, this is annoying, Right. I don't want to do this, my knees hurt, 
to I'm my brain is focused on the meeting and I'm listening to people talk and I'm taking the notes I need to take. So I can do it mindlessly where I'm taking the the mental side out of the workout. Which is good. I, you got to figure out how you can fit your fitness in. Right now, nutrition is what I'm currently working on. And so I have been very good and very intentional about my nutrition this past week. Or what? Yeah. I went on nutrition last week. So this past week, I have done it in, incredibly well. I had to think about it. The days <laughs> run together after a while. But like I ate three meals a day for seven days. That, the rarity... That, that is that, that is yeah what that is a lot that I'm is like i was like oh i'm feeling great and i do feel a lot better i did ruin it a little bit yesterday because i said i think i want some french fries and so i went and got them although wasn't it earlier this week you're like yo i think i got yo. covid i think i'm sick and i was like Brittany, <laughs> you're fine just take a nap and then i slept for a long time <laughs> and i felt so and you did you you slept and- <laughs> i did i felt better also, I apologize to our listeners who um, are friends with Brittany and thought that she got COVID when I took over the Instagram account and just posted about having COVID. I apologize wholeheartedly because I I normally try to sign it so people know it's coming from me. And I Stephanie, did not put my name in that The text messages that I got from anywhere. people who were genuinely concerned. And I was taking, like, I, I felt so bad, too, because it was one of those days where I was asleep. And it was, I think it was like my first day off after like working 20 days straight. And so I was just like napping on and off, like just on and off all throughout the day. And I, at one point I woke up and I looked at my phone and I had like a variety of text messages from people and they were just like, oh my gosh, like, what do you need? And I was like, nothing. I think I'm fine. What is happening? And they were just like, you have COVID. I have COVID. I just took a nap for four hours. What do you mean? How do you know I have it like in my mind? And then like I woke up and I was like, I don't have COVID. What are you talking about? And they were like, you posted on Instagram. I did not post anything on Instagram. So then, like, I went. I was like, I was like, no, Steph has COVID. I was like, she's doing fine though. Like, I don't want to say that like Steph has COVID and just like ca- casually brush it off. Like, oh, it's fine. Steph has COVID. Like, she's doing. She's doing well. Like, she's doing well. Yeah. She does have COVID. <laughs> but like the amount of concern, and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I don't have COVID. I mean, I understand why why the <laughs> amount of concern is there. For the last two years, you're like, if I get COVID, I'm gonna die. Ain't no about, doubt about it that. It was rough, man, for a while. That was pre. That was pre liver transplant. It still wouldn't be good either way, right? Like it's still never good. But pre transplant, we was in we was in some dire straits. People, we was in some dire straits. Oh yeah. Also, if you're a listener and you're still listening to this, props to you. We're going way over the time that we thought we, <laughs> we were. Sure going are. To. And we 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 picked this date and time because we knew that everyone else had plans. So we're like, it's fine. We'll cut it out. But sometimes people just allow us to move at a different pace. Kudos. But. I think yeah. that's it. I don't know what it's our fun, next episode is going to be. I think we should talk finances. I like that idea because you're very oh, passionate am. about that too. Or just being, sure being a steward of our finances. And you are and I am and goals. we got goals. Let me just, <laughs> I just need to let everybody know this. No, that just remind me. You sent me that, that video last night on Instagram. <laughs> And it just happened. It just came true right in that moment. So just to let everybody know, there are times, I don't know, I do know where it came from. This would just be a really brief story time. It'll be the last thing that we say in this episode. So in college, one of my great friends, Anthony, I love him to death. Like he, I I love that guy so much. Shout out to Anthony. He's the greatest. 
could Why you call me Anthony? Episode, no. Just only on the episode. I don't. Any oh, other time cute. I don't want to text him. Like, Aunt, what's wrong with you? Like, what's happening? Right. Anyway, neither here nor there. So he had invited me to this like prophetic worship night that had happened on campus in college. It was my senior year. And I went. <laughs> and I begrudgingly went. I begrudgingly went. I was like, I don't want to go. I'm fine. He was like, you need to get here. Get here. Um, and he is the type of person, and based off of how our friendship was in college, and very much to this day, that if Aunt tells me that I need to do something, I'm very rarely going to question it. I would just say, all right, sounds good. So he had said to go. I didn't want to go, but finally I was like, okay, finally, I'm, I'm just going to go. So I went and I ended up getting prophesied over it that evening. And I was prophesied that I was going to be a worship leader at a church. The reason that brings me so much joy and that Steph is like holding back her laughter, not anymore, right? She's, <laughs> she's audibly laughing at this point, is because your girl can't sing at all. There is n- You're not- I am not the worst. worst. Let me tell you, I'm a very close (laughs) second to whoever the worst is, right? Like I just, I just, I'm not, but I do love music and I do love to sing every once in a while. Like before I got really sick last year, we would just occasionally joke about like me being a worship leader. And then I got really sick and it just became a consistent thing of like, well, I'm not going to die because Jesus hasn't allowed me to become a worship leader yet. So I don't know what the problem is, right? It's like, there would just be these like random jokes and it just became consistent. (laughs) Trans, like fast forward to 2022 and where we're at now that I just randomly start singing things off key and the most awkward and uncomfortable sentences and anything. It typically happens when I'm incredibly exhausted where I just sing sentences. Last week though, I said to Steph, we'd had like a brief, we had a brief conversation my where I had said to her, like, I need to stop doing this or stop talking to people when I'm tired because one day I am going to do this at work and it's going to be uncomfortable. I don't think I told you the story yet. Oh, I was no, in a meeting at work. <laughs> this past week, I don't know, yes. dealing with a, a situation at work, I was in one of the buildings talking to some staff and I just instantly just like started like halfway singing a sentence and I was like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And they were just like, what is happening? Because although I am very sarcastic and witty and very much like you, I sound like I am on the podcast. I am more toned down at work. Yeah. Because it was a professional professional. setting, right? And so like I did that. They were just like, what is happening? And I was like, I do this occasionally when I'm tired. So I'm just going to exit and I'm going to go. I'll see you guys later. And they were just like so baffled about it. I just got in my car and I was like, yep, that just happened. Oh, well, moving on. So I do that occasionally when I'm tired or just in general, but it is just a knock on the fact that someone said I was going to be a worship leader and it just, it, I don't know. Maybe God will allow me to be a worship leader. I think there's, there's hope. I also have no desire or pull to want to be a worship leader either, but. But every time, but every time (laughs) I see like worship pastor openings, I send them to her because, because we have, we've had the the deep in-depth conversation of, what actually that does is a true. worship leader look like? That is do true. they need to be singing? Like, do they need to true. be able to play instruments? And neither of us think that that's really a requirement to become so, a worship leader if God's called you. So I'm just out here presenting opportunities to her. One thing that, she's gonna take I'll be honest with you, though. Days. If a church gives me the, the platform and the opportunity to work for them, and I just get to help facilitate worship services. Yes, that is my ideal experience in life. 
And me and my little pit bulldog named t- <laughs> like named Tupac. I am really struggling with words. This is why we don't do things early. No, no she don't even have listen. A the moment she don't somebody's like, dog. "We'll hire you to be our worship pastor slash worship experience, whatever you want to call it." Me and my little imaginary dog, who will become an actual dog, named Tupac. We just gonna be bopping around church service, praying for people, laying hands on people, speaking life, and doing all the things. Yo, if y'all, if you guys can see her thing. dancing right now. You can't dance where, in church. I don't, <laughs> listen, I don't say this often, and I'm going to say this, and I want you guys just to know, I don't know where in the white American Jesus that that became a thing, but y'all got to stop that because that's not okay. Sometimes people, like sometimes people just need to shout. They just need to like dance because they just like feeling Jesus and they just can't stand still and do that. You got to give them the freedom to do that without thinking they can. Okay, but we really need really to end this episode this is my last though. Question. I promise. This is my last question. It's a simple answer. Growing oh, up God. as a child, though, okay. did you have a worship, like a dance ministry at your church? Okay, so we had we had a lady who came to our church thanks to the military. Um, her husband got stationed up there, and she did do like she would teach mm-hmm. like dances for for the teenagers when we did like competitions. But it wasn't like a consistent thing. But it wasn't a consistent thing. It was just like a, oh, hey, Fine Arts Festival is coming up. I can't. We're going to, let's do a dance this year. And we would, I can't. And we would do a dance. Every Sunday and that, Tuesday. That's it. Every Sunday and Wednesday after service and during Wednesday night Bible study, Sister Liz, Sister Karen, and a couple other people, Sister Catherine, they would teach us how to do praise dance and interpretive dance. Yo, that's my jam. Yo, I could do interpretive dance, though. So the lady that taught dance, she would do interpretive dance or, like, the memes with the... They're called mimes. The meme dance stuff. They're called mimes. They are called yeah, mimes. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I did not help you Love in that, that moment because I was hoping you would figure it out. And then you started doing the motions, and I knew we were lost. So I wanted to just to let you know. All right. All right. Okay. I said memes, and you could tell in my voice, though, when I was like, memes? Memes? Like, the way that I, I know. said it, I was like, I'm not you sure were right. this is and what it's called. And then there was this one time where you were very confident when you said it. Like, Go. It was just that. It was just the one lady. It was just the one lady, though. But I could tell, like, she did the interpretive dance thing. I, could, I would do, I used to do interpretive dance we, as, like, a joke. Not Like, we played church growing up, joke, and I wouldn't though. do... No, in the sense of my childhood, we did not play. No, no, no. House. I know exactly what we you're talking about. Church, though. which is, which is like very much who we are today. My brother always preached when we were kids, playing church. My sister led worship, and I collected the offering. If you look at us today, my brother is a pastor. My sister loves music. She was a worship Shout pastor a for a time. You know, she plays. She plays piano. She plays guitar. She sings. Um, and me, I just, I make the money. Like, in my she family, said, I'm known I as the rich daughter. Because I'm the one that's making the money. <sighs> you ask my parents. If y'all know my parents, Uncle you ask my dad. I, I am the rich daughter. But I... And so it makes sense. You pay attention. If y'all got kids and your kids play church, pay attention because that's who they're going to grow up to be. I I just. (laughs) (laughs) 
for I at just, least some time in their life. You, you have mentioned sure. the dancing, and I was just a question that just kept popping up in my mind. We really need to like. Okay, this is the last thing. I just need churches really to have dance ministries episode. for real, for real. <laughs> like, like realistically, one hundred percent, hands down. There is so much freedom in being able to express yourself to your savior and your creator via dance that is not sexual, that is not sinful, that is liberating and freeing. And so y'all should just figure that out. All right. Next time, next time we visit each other, I'm gonna say when I come up to you, because I don't know if you're planning to come to me anytime soon. Um next time I come to you, you're gonna teach me how to praise dance. Because <laughs> oh I don't know Lord how to Jesus. dance. Yes. <laughs> Audience, and and that's all for today. Y'all can wait to hear. All right, guys, stay hydrated. What are your plans? And love people well. That's it. We We done. We done. We done. We done. What are your plans? Stay hydrated. Love people well. Peace. Bye. Bye.